0: I'm Rose Skeeters, host of From Borderline to Beautiful, a show about hope and recovery for BPD. Hello, and welcome to another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful. I wanted to share some really cool light bulb moments that I had this week with you guys for this episode. And it all relates back to the moral compass and character development. So what I started to realize is that a lot of people were asking, like, why is it important that we have these morals? And well, what do I do now? So I have this moral compass, but people would say "But you're not telling me how to develop an identity. And sometimes I explain things sort of the way that I see them and the way that I experience them, or maybe in a way that I've come to learn makes sense for most people. But it's not always going to resonate with everyone. So I've been thinking about a way to connect the moral compass work to the identity development to character development and funnily enough this week my 11 year old made that happen for me so this is what happened this week i'm so excited to share this with you guys it was like a really cool moment for me to understand you know one what went wrong for me growing up and for you know most of you i would assume growing up as well um and why this whole idea of having a moral compass and developing an identity and a character is so difficult. So like we talked about last week, I have an 11 year old son, and I'm starting to realize that he is in that stage of life where he is developing an identity. So I'm, I feel like it's going to be cool to be able to share with you a lot of the stories and things that we go through. So this week, Um, We were hanging out, and he is homeschooled, so he has, you know, like a lot of work that he has to get done, and uh, the school that we use the curriculum from is in California, and they had had some wildfires, so he started a little later in the school year than we anticipated. So in order for us to have a summer and not be doing school, like, throughout the summer, we have to, you know, do a little bit more during the day for homeschool. And just a little bit of backstory to the curriculum that he uses incorporates, you know, some work around character development, around morality, um, around making good choices, around self-discipline, things like that. So it's part of his curriculum to be talking about these things. And of course, as a family, you know, we are talking about growth and how to make good choices it's just kind of part of parenting and then like my recovery process as well as you know the things that I'm doing to reparent him from some of the stuff that went dysfunctional when he had you know was growing up so that's just a little bit of background for you so anyway fast forward we're in the kitchen this week and I'm talking to him about how I'm you know how cool I was like bud how cool would it be if This summer, we didn't have to sit inside and do schoolwork all day and we can just be outside all day and like have a great summer. Because I was trying to motivate him to like, you know, do a little bit more work so we can get through June and kind of stop, you know, mid-June, take a little break from school. And he goes, well, I'd rather just sit around all day and just do school. And then he laughs, and he goes, what? That would be if I had a lazy character, and I don't have a lazy character. And then he corrected himself, and he's like, well, I'm trying not to. So I'm becoming someone who doesn't have a lazy character, so I actually would rather be outside all day playing. And I was like, whoa, you know, (laughs) geeked out on that. So hardcore. I was like, that's crazy. You know, like that's amazing. You're trying to have this, you know, like hardworking character. So of course we have this little whiteboard on our fridge and I, you know, break out my marker and I'm like, what are all the other character traits you're trying to have? <laughs> you no. Know, so he was like obedient and respectful and hardworking, you know, and he listed off some other things, but I was trying to get a feel for why he was doing what he was doing and you know, how he came up with that and his, his, way of explaining it was just so simple and he was just like well this is the way i am now but this is who i'm trying to be and so if i wanted to be someone who had a lazy character and i wanted to continue on in that way then i would choose sitting at home all day in the house on my butt doing schoolwork but if i want to be someone who's more hard working then i have to choose to want to go outside and to be moving all day so to him, it was just so simple, right? Like, this is what he we've been teaching him, and it's clicking in his mind. Like, this is who maybe I was as a younger version of myself. And as I grow in, from 11 years old to 12 years old, then I have to look at who I want to be. And, you know, he does have... This standard for that. So it is important to understand that the standard for that that we use in our household is spirituality. So he believes in God. And so God has a standard for what, you know, like a moral morally sound person would be or someone who has like good solid character would be and so that is what drives and motivates him because he wants to be a good person and try to achieve that standard so if, if you haven't developed your own spirituality or your sort of sense of self and you want that to be something that you tie to your character development that might be something that you want to explore either on your own or with somebody that can kind of guide you through connecting a higher power to this idea of character development. So that's one thing. So he's motivated, you know, to do that. And then also, it's just so simple to him. That was another thing I realized. It's like, for me, when I was going through this journey, and, you know, I <laughs> I was lazy, and I had a lazy character too, but you're, I was like, you know, 28 years old, right? Like, so... In at 28, saying that admitting like looking in the mirror and going admitting to myself that I have a lazy character, I have a dishonest, you know, you know, I'm dishonest, I have a dishonest character. And like, that's who I've grown to be is very painful. There is so much shame and guilt and pain attached to that. And to like, look in the mirror and say that it just kind of perpetuated this feeling that like, I'm a failure, for sure. I'm emotionally immature, I'm behind, I'm not normal, all those thoughts would go through my head. You know, but then we have this 11 year old who that none of that went through his head, he wasn't attaching emotion to lazy. And maybe that's because we don't you know, it's just, we kind of just move through and teach him that you honor and validate the emotion that you're having and then you let it pass and you sort of talk it through. That's the way we do emotion regulation, I guess, teaching in our house. So when he said lazy, he wasn't saying it with shame attached to it or intense emotions attached to it he was just literally saying lazy by definition like someone who sits around all day doesn't you know do a whole lot and is comfortable being in that space and you know the difference is that he's only been alive for 11 years whereas you and I you know some of you are 28 some of you are 58 Um, some of you are 18, right? So you're all at different ages, but regardless, you're all old enough to have had this emotional development, and that's dysfunctional. So you attach lots and lots and lots of shame, and guilt, and emotional pain to those negative character traits, which becomes a roadblock to being able to choose and develop your moral character. So, the way that I began to think about the moral compass work and you know, this idea of character and identity development, is that what we need to do is walk the path to becoming this person that has good moral character. And, you know, I don't want to discount that that's like a difficult thing to do, because it is. Like I was saying before, you know, when I would think, oh, I have a lazy character, or I have a dishonest character, or I have a, you know, I'm, I don't know, like controlling character, then I would just feel so bad, you know, and I wouldn't really, you know, I understood like other people in the world aren't dishonest and that I could choose to be honest, but it was as if like, maybe I didn't want to, or I didn't believe I could, or I would just get stuck in that shame space. Like, you know, like why me? It's not fair. And the problem with doing that for all those years is that I wasn't able to see that If I would have separated that shame and that emotional intensity and pain from the fact that I just developed these habits of being lazy and these habits of lying, that I wouldn't be able to ever make any different choice. I wouldn't be able to be any different, you know. And so I think that um, what I'm saying is that I want you guys to think about what your current character is. You know, what are the things that you would put down if I asked you who you currently are? It's painful to think that, right? To think like, well, oh, I'm lazy or I'm dishonest or I'm backstabbing or I'm, you know, all of these other you've all these other negative character traits. However, I think it's very important for you to see who you've become even if it's not this beautiful thing because what you're trying to do in recovery or at least like my message of hope is that unfortunately when you were 11 or 12 or 9, 10, 8 whatever it may be, you didn't have that excuse me, that opportunity or ability to develop your moral character i know for myself like when i was young i would have never been able to develop a good moral character it just it wouldn't have been first of all i didn't understand even what that meant i wasn't being taught that kind of thing and if i was i wouldn't have known it if it hit me upside the head Um, And also, there was a level of perfectionism, I think, that really needed to be met in my household. So even if I was trying to be an honest person, honesty wasn't rewarded. And I, I felt like my behaviors were never, like the way that I acted, it was never good enough. So I wasn't focused on identity development or character development. I was focused on how to be good enough for, you know, my parents or, you know, You know, for what their standards were, even if they weren't anywhere related to like what would be functional, right? And so that was my focus is like being heard, being good enough, and, you know, sort of avoiding emotional pain. And so during the time where I was that age, my son's age now, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, anywhere from like nine to teenager, that teenager space, I didn't have a guide. So my character development, what I the path that i walked was i walked right into laziness i walked right into dishonesty i walked right into you know becoming this dysfunctional person did i have good qualities oh i absolutely did just like all of you do too however i was convicted in my dysfunctional qualities those were the things i was convicted in like i knew that i was a good person but i would just bend the truth if it didn't benefit me so i had selfish character i had dishonest character trait and so I didn't understand that in order to grow, I would have to grieve the loss of the life that I, that I wish I had, you know, to understand like it isn't fair that that's who I became. It isn't fair at all, but life isn't fair. And I've talked about this in other episodes too, right? Like life isn't fair. So it's painful to think, gosh, like this is the hand I was dealt, but we have to grieve that loss, mourn the loss of the fact that uh, that wasn't the life that you had lived And then also, you know, understand that you can't take full responsibility for whether or not you developed your own character. Like, I definitely, you know, see that now. Like, look at the story of my 11-year-old. We are trying to drive that home because we know that, you know, he has that genetic predisposition because of me. So we're trying to provide that resiliency for him. If we didn't, you know, drive this idea of character development home, making good choices, consequences, behavior, emotion regulation, he wouldn't know any of those things. And then when he grew up for him to blame himself, like I just I can't see how that would make sense. That would be my fault because my responsibility as a parent is to teach him those things, right? So my parents they had that responsibility as well and they missed the mark so for me to blame myself and sit in that and think well life isn't fair and this is all my fault and I'm a failure I mean it doesn't make a lot of logical sense because somebody should have guided me and someone should have guided all of you and even if they did so if you're a parent or a family member out there listening even if you did try to guide you know and your person didn't listen you know that's it's, it, they still didn't get the guidance. Okay. And so it's as children, you know, we are sort of like innocent little beings that don't have a lot of emotional intensity. And we rely on the people caring for us to show us stability and strength and protection and love and nurturing and kindness to show us that when we don't act that way, that there should be, you know, a level of discipline or correction or consequence to shape our behavior towards having that good character and moral development, but. If our parents weren't capable of doing that, then we weren't capable of having that as as an experience throughout development. And so, you know, you want to take some of that burden of blame off of yourself because that really keeps you stuck. Practice forgiveness with yourself, forgiveness with the people that raised you, and then kind of moving on, moving forward into this realization that, yeah, even though it wasn't fair and even though life could have been easier for me if i had had different circumstances and even though i'm an adult and i'm emotionally immature and i'm behind and even though this is hard and painful and scary and a lot of work it can be done it can be it can absolutely be done you can absolutely make choices to change who You are to become the person that you want to be. It's just happening a lot later in life, and it takes a level of reparenting. It it absolutely takes a level of reparenting and a level of gentleness with yourself that you have. Absolutely. And so I want you to think of character development as you walking the steps to the person that you want to become. That right now, that you are a certain person, and they are some probably some negative character traits, and that your goal is to walk the path towards this person who has honesty as a character trait, integrity, you know, self um, selfless service, forgiveness, humility, joy, love, all of these awesome character traits. And that when you engage in a behavior that's socially inappropriate or doesn't align with your moral compass or these, this person that you're becoming, that instead of attaching shame and guilt to it, you look at it as a growth process. It's a mistake. Unpack that, separate that shame and that pain and that guilt and just make that choice sort of giving yourself space to understand That you need room to grow, to grow up. Just as I told that story in the beginning, that is growing up. It's understanding that this is the way you were when you were little and that was okay. But in order to change and to grow and to become an adult version of yourself, you have to make hard choices to develop your moral character. Just so, so important that you start to reframe that and look at that and You know, when you look at reparenting as well, you know, let's imagine that we were younger for a minute and we use my example of me being dishonest. Right. So had I been, you know, an 11 year old and I was a dishonest person and my parents were helping me rebuild or build, period, my character what I would have hoped that they would have done is whenever I engaged in a dishonest behavior, that they would have said, that's dishonest. This is a consequence for that. There's a consequence for that. And the consequence would have been logical. It would have been explained to me. And ideally also my parents would have been honest people so that they were also modeling honesty and they would have provided the discipline and correction needed for me to stop taking that detour away from being an honest person and get back on my mission of becoming an honest adult. And so as a 28, 29 year old, when I was doing this, if I had engaged into dishonest behavior, the problem, part of the reason why this is so hard for us guys, is that we have to be that parent to go, okay, you know, I actually had to say to myself, okay, Rose, no, Like, you're trying to become an honest person, so when you're dishonest, that doesn't mean you have to say you're a failure or, you know, have all this shame. You can remember that your mission is to become honest, so there's consequences that come with that. And maybe a consequence is feeling shame, right? And maybe shame is something I need to feel because shame drives behavioral changes, right? There's, you know hyperbolic shame and shame spiral and then there's like a healthy amount of shame or guilt that needs to be felt when you do something inappropriate if i were to lie to all of you right now and say i'm gonna send every single listener you know a free hoodie or something i don't know right if y'all just send me your addresses i'll do that and y'all send me your addresses and then production of the hoodie stopped or, you know, I lost—I law- didn't have the money or whatever to do the thing. I would feel shame for that because I was dishonest. I told you guys I would do something and then I wouldn't do that. And I should, right? Think about it that a minute. Shouldn't I feel shameful for impulsively promising all of you a thing, lying about it, right? Not really knowing if I could deliver on that, not being loyal to my word. So yeah, I mean, the answer is yes. Like I should feel a little bit of shame for that. And then that shame, instead of me sitting in my house, like, you know, cutting myself or freaking out or feeling anxious or whatever, I could, you know, instead of spiraling with that, I would regulate myself first because the shame spiral comes from that hyperbolicness. So you regulate yourself, engage in that physical intensity so that you can decrease that emotional intensity. And then once you're re-regulated... Take that shame and use it to motivate your behavior. Well, I don't want to feel that again. I don't want to feel that again, so I'm never going to do this behavior again, or I'm going to try my very best not to, you know? And that will drive the behavioral change. So you become, in that sense, like your own parent, right? So you're parenting yourself, and you're saying, you know what? Like, you know what, Rose? Rose? This is a shameful thing that you have done, you've lied, and so that feels bad. And it it should feel a little bit bad because you shouldn't do those things. It hurts the people that you care about, it hurts the people that you love. So rather than playing this, you know, I guess, victim, right? Like, I'm the, pro. you know, I feel shame, I, me, 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 like, what about me, what about me? It's refocusing and shifting and saying, well, you know, your consequence is the shame, And so in order to change that, you just have to be honest, say you're sorry, go back and do damage control because what you're trying to do is walk the path into the person that you're becoming, right? So I wanted to frame that for you this way because I know how hard this journey is and just really how painful it is. I have a group that, well, there's groups that I'm running right now and in one of the groups, we were talking about how it's difficult to be consistent in recovery. And it's just so hard to like, learn this stuff. And I validate that it is really hard. You know, sometimes when I say it, I make it sound simple. But you know, it's not simple at all. You know, even for my 11 year old, you know, when he couple days later after that incident I talked about in the kitchen you know he's working out and he knows that he's trying to be hard-working and obedient and you know respectful and he likes working out but we were doing something new and it was uncomfortable and he's doing it but he's like really having a hard time crying through it getting angry through it but he's not saying anything he's just experiencing that emotion and he's doing it anyway you know and that's hard it's hard as a kid and it is even harder as an adult, I'd say. Because as a kid, you know, he knows once the workout's over, he's going to be okay and the emotion's going to be okay. And he also trusts us while we're all doing it together, you know. But as an adult, we don't really have that. We don't trust ourselves. We don't trust the world around us. So we have to have that, you know, that crying through the uncomfortable th- choices in order to, you know, create this new version of ourselves with this good moral character, right? But we can't, you know, sometimes the crying part of it is the part that really gets us stuck. So rather than crying and getting upset and doing it anyway, we cry and get upset and that stalls progress. So it is really painful and hard, absolutely. You know, the thing that really got me through that, and this is what I was telling the group, is that I had to, at some point, start to understand and really recognize, like, what I looked like when I was in the middle of an episode so that I could keep my eyes focused on my mission. You know, I think part of the thing that really helped me, like, continue to be motivated even when it got hard was that Jordan Peterson video that I talked about. I needed a way to remind myself exactly how bad my behaviors got and, that video really helped motivate me because in the video he says that people with borderline personality disorder can't implement any of the skills that they know that they need to have, and I didn't believe that because I already knew that that I had overcome a lot of things, and then he also says at the end of the video that <laughs> when a two year old tantrums um you know it's like a two year old but when adult tantrums it's bloody terrifying and I just got to thinking, like, at the time, like, my emotions go from zero to 60, right? Like, all your guys' emotions, they would go from zero to 60. And so when they were over, like, they were done. That's how it works. So oftentimes I would find myself, like, not wanting to be consistent with developing my moral character, with self-discipline, with forgiveness, and just, like, flying by the seat of my pants when I was in a good spot Because it was really difficult for me to viscerally, like, actually remember the experience of me in an episode. Because when I'm done, I'm done. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this. You know, did you ever have, like, a huge blowout tantrum? Even if it was, like, over the top. Like, maybe you've even broken things or whatever. And then when it's done, if you've created space from you and the person, you kind of, like, wipe your tears and are good. I remember doing things like this. It's you know, I've already been pretty vulnerable, so I can tell the story. I remember having arguments with Jay when we were first dating, and I would leave his house. Ha- I would be able to leave, so after it was over, I would leave, and I'd be on my way home. And like, I vividly remember, like having been so upset just a few moments prior, and then wiping my eyes, driving home, and like listening to fun music being kind of happy and (laughs) i mean going like thinking about like let me you know i'm gonna go get a snack i'm gonna have a dance party i'm gonna go home and lj was young at the time so we're gonna go outside and you know draw with chalk and you know i just start planning my day meanwhile i was already done you know he's back at home upset and he'd be upset for a while because i bounce back quickly. But it takes time for other people to bounce back. So I could apply that same thing to the reason why it was so hard for me to be consistent, because I would forget. I mean, to be real, we don't forget, right? We remember logically. But because our emotions come and go so quickly, we don't remember Like viscerally the way it felt The way other people felt How it impacted us How horrible it is You know a lot of the times That realization comes back When we're actually in the throes of it And then, you know, ta-da-da-da-da, time passes, we're good, the person we're in a relationship with luckily forgives us, because they're forgiving people, you know, and we just kind of go along, like, meh, I don't have to do this, Eh, meh, I don't really need to be consistent, or meh, I don't need to brush my teeth today, or work out, or regulate my emotions, because I can just, blah-blah-blah, I'm fine, we're good, and then, bam, you have an itch, you have a bubble, and you're back in that spot again, you're like, oh, this is so hard, how do I do this, I'm never going to get over this, yeah, Right? So that's where that video came in for me is so that I could continuously remind myself that I had a problem and that I had to fix that problem and I had to fix it, you know, immediately. And so when I was feeling lazy, like I didn't want to do recovery, when I was feeling tired or, you know, when I was feeling like I'm good, um, I would listen to that to remind myself. And sometimes I would listen to it over and over and over again because that's how I am. And that reminded me, if I had had a video of, you know, what my behavior, or if I had, yeah, if I had had a video of my behavior, I would have watched it, (laughs) even though it felt shameful. That's the thing that drove my recovery. I didn't want to act like that anymore. So instead of feeling shameful in a shame spiral, I used the shame as a consequence because engaging in tantrum behavior as an adult is socially inappropriate behavior and requires a consequence in order for change to occur. And so that's what, you know, I would have done. So I encourage all of you to think about that. What if I took a video of your tantrum? And then what if I, you know, and not in a mean way, guys, not in a mean way, just in a way to help you, like, you know, regain control. So let's say I took a video of your tantrum and then I showed the video to everybody at your workplace or we showed the video to all of your friends or your family. If in that moment that video started playing and you were right on the verge of having an an emotional outburst or having a tantrum, would you make the same choice? I'm thinking that most of you, when you're in that bubble, if you were able to see yourself and you're on the recovery path that you wouldn't make the choice because you'd see it and it'd be kind of terrifying for you to see as well and you'd remember this is why i'm doing this this is why i need to wake up tomorrow and take a shower and brush my teeth and find my hobbies and commit to the things that i'm doing in terms of recovery and to walk the path of having a good moral character and to go to my therapy sessions or my coaching sessions etc i need to do these things because i want to avoid engaging in that behavior again and i can see it right? Or maybe you don't take the video and show it to all of your friends. I mean, that would be kind of horrible. Like I know for sure I would, that'd be very uncomfortable for me as well if I had videos of myself doing that. But maybe you just play it for yourself. I did have someone in one of my groups say that they had taken videos, you know, to sort of prove that their partner was wrong when really kind of realizing that they played a big role in it and that they could listen to that. So they their choice is going to be this individual's choice is going to be to listen to that to help motivate them to change because even for them it's very uncomfortable i mean think about just how uncomfortable it would be if you could watch every single episode you've had and you would like play that in a real and you know yeah it's just really motivating to do that so it's just a thought that i had had it's something that i had helped That really helped me to remember why I was on my mission is to really, you know, expose myself to how bad it it was when I was in those really deep, dark places. So I hope you understand the motivation for that. It's not to punish yourself. It's just because our emotions come and go, you know, zero to 60. And it's hard to really remember that, to like viscerally remember how bad it was until it actually happens again. So, you know, it's kind of like your reminder. It's almost easier to have an addiction to something that's like a concrete to try to change that in a way I don't know if easy is a good term there sorry about that but you know with borderline personality disorder you know you're not you know always walking around like in a situation where you can concretely see oh that's my toddler tantrum Right. And then try to avoid that, you know, whereas you can with like food or something else like that. So, you know, I think providing yourself with that reminder of like this is the dysfunctional behavior that I engage in and this is why I'm focused on this mission. It's just it can be really game changing all right everybody well i think that's enough for today i hope that you all start to understand the reasons why identity development is so difficult and how the emotions that you attach to your current character and the pain and the really difficult path that you know it takes to walk to the person that you're becoming impacts your inability or impacts your ability to grow and change and yeah That's it. That's all I have for you guys. I also just want to thank everybody out there listening. We are coming up on a year that the podcast has been released. Um, On the 5th is when I did the first intro. March 5th of 2020 is when I did that intro episode. And March 18th is when the first episode, What is Borderline Personality Disorder, in 2020, that's when that was released. So I am just so stoked to have been doing this for a year I love being able to help you guys and I appreciate so much that you're willing to hear my perspective and listen in every week and send in your questions all right everybody well if you have more questions definitely send them in to ask and I will be back next week with another episode of From Borderline to Beautiful Okay, thanks for listening. That was from Borderline and Beautiful, a production of Thrive Mind Body LLC, online coaching that helps frustrated individuals, resentful couples, and disconnected families navigate through tough times. Visit us on the web at ThriveOnlineCounseling.com. If you like this show, remember you can hear it on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Pocket Cast or any app that you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get a new episode every Monday.